not every agent could work a project. So there's about 80,000 realtors in the GTA, the greater Toronto area. I'd guess there's about 100 to 200 that have genuine platinum access with builders. Platinum access meaning the people that get the, the, the exclusive incentives for their clients, the exclusive pricing, all of that stuff. There's only 100 to 200 agents that have that type of access. All the other realtors are like, you know, like your B-class type of realtors that do do quite a bit of volume, but not enough to get the platinum access. And and the way to build that relationship with builder with the builders is to essentially sell for them things that they can't sell. Because there's some units in their buildings that are tough to sell. And if you can clean, what they say is clean up the inventory of, of the units that are tough to sell, then the builders are gonna like you and then they'll give you platinum access for the next project. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, it's Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, today I'm interviewing Luke Leasing. So Luke is an agent from Toronto. Started when he was 18. He started to grow a really, really big business. We're going to get into that. I've also interviewed a couple people from his office before up in Toronto and really excited about some of the mutual connections we have and to hear what he's been doing in real estate. Luke, how's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Everything's good on my end. And I just learned two and a half minutes ago that you have worked with my, uh, my colleagues in the past. Yeah, the it's a it, it gets to be a small world as we're out there trying to share real estate stories. Hey, winners stick with winners too, right? So the people that we get to interview are people that are usually parts of big offices and you know m- making uh, some big things happen. So the so let's tell everybody. Let's jump into like what real estate was has been like for you, like just recently. Let's let's like touch touch base on that for some of your volume and things, and then we're gonna go back to how you got here. So what what was your volume in uh, 20, 2022? 2022, 62 million in sales. And how many transactions is that? That was 98, so the average was about 620K per deal. All right, so 98 deals, 620K per deal, and what do you think you're gonna do this year, to 2022? Uh, the goal is to hit around the same, but with higher price points, so the commissions are a little bit higher. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's one way to, um, the right now when I think agents are trying to, in a lot of areas, agents are trying to make up for lost volume, um, compared to, you know, 2021. But one way to make the same amount of money you were making in 2021 could be go higher price points, right? So I haven't heard that as a goal from anybody recently of like same number of transactions, but higher price points. Um, that's a, that's a cool way to do it. So the, when you had 98 deals last year, what does your unit look like? Are you, are you a team? Do you have an assistant? Are you, are you, are you solo agent generating so much of that? How, how are you doing that many transactions and what is your like business? So the the reason why I'm able to do so many transactions at a large scale is because I only focus on pre-construction. So as a realtor, my advice to anyone getting started is don't go into pre-construction, go into resale, something that excels, something that, that exists today, because that way you can get paid faster. For the agents that do new construction here, new builds, you, you and I both know that it takes a while for you to get paid from builders because some projects can take three to four years to get completed. So 
look at look at your resale but the reason why i was able to scale so aggressively was because of new construction since it's not completed yet there's nothing for me to show so i don't have to show 10 properties to one client i can show one project to 30 clients and 10 of them are gonna buy so that's that's my business model i i sell these things in in bulk if you will Awesome. So you focus on new construction early. I like that because you're able to essentially work more efficiently. So you're not going to, you're not going to drive all, you're not going to drive all over town with a client, you know, to go see eight different projects. You're going to show them yours. If they like it, great. If they don't, then they're going to go look somewhere else uh, for some. So when those, if those clients come to you and they're looking at the new construction and they go, Hey, I think we really just want something cheaper and, and resale. Do you, what do you do with those? Do you do anything with those? 100%. Like, like we just, like if you're, not interested in this one specific project because we have great relationships with builders across all of canada and even some parts in the us we sell them whatever they want like if you'd rather this type of project for x reason we'll get you access to that the nice thing about precon is because the way we operate our business we do everything virtually so if they're interested in a project i send them over an email i set up a zoom call and then or, or i bring them to my office and then we talk about the project there I don't have to drive to different parts of the city, different parts of the province to, to hopefully get a deal done. The moment they say no on a project, I can forward them an email for another project and on the spot they can tell me if that one's a better fit. That's really interesting. And projects like this in Toronto, I imagine it's not, um, you know, a lot of the US listeners are thinking of projects, are thinking of like home developments that have like 100 houses, five different floor plans split out over a community where maybe view makes a big difference or maybe lot size makes a big difference. But I think you're probably talking about like, like multi-story. Correct. Projects. So last time I checked, I think this was a year and a year and a half ago when I last checked, Toronto actually has the most amount of cranes in the sky in North America. I think second is Miami. I think Toronto as, as yeah. it stood back then when I checked, it was about 330 cranes. So there's so many projects coming out. It's just a matter of which ones we find are the most suitable for our investors. What have you seen happen in the market just over the last couple months or, you know, since interest rates changed heavily, you know, last year? So we're finding that because construction costs are increasing and labor is increasing, builders are not reducing their prices. What they're doing instead is they're increasing the amount of incentives that they give. So in pre-construction, you have your typical incentive that we always work with, which is like cap development charges, which are closing costs at closing. You have the right to assign, meaning you're allowed to flip the paper prior to occupancy and you have the right to lease during occupancy, which means you can rent out your unit prior to closing. We, we always have those three, but instead of builders reducing prices because of rising interest rates, we're seeing that they're adding cashbacks at closing, optional rental guarantees, free maintenance fees for a year. And on top of that, for realtors, this goes back to what I was just saying a moment ago, they're offering higher commissions. So normally commissions on a pre-construction sale is 4%, but a lot of the projects that we've been working on are closer to 6 to 7%. So if my average sale is 620 grand and I'm getting 7% on that compared to a year ago where I was getting paid 4% of that, I, I just have to do the same 98 transactions because I know my commissions are 3% higher. Yeah. So on these sorts of projects, I guess explain to me how it works. Do you have to do, do you essentially get contracted with the builder where you're one of a few agents that can sell their project? Or is there, or are they like listing it and they, they let any agent bring buyers to them? How, how Great question. Work? So not every agent can work a project. So there's about 80,000 realtors in the GTA, the greater Toronto area. I'd guess there's about a hundred to 200 that have genuine platinum access with builders, platinum access, meaning the people that get the, the, the 
exclusive incentives for their clients, the exclusive pricing, all of that stuff. There's only a hundred to 200 agents that have that type of access. All the other realtors, they're like, you know, like your B class type of realtors that do do quite a bit of volume, but not enough to get the platinum access. And and the way to build that relationship with builder with the builders is to essentially sell for them the things that they can't sell. Because there's some units in their buildings that are tough to sell. And if you can clean what they say is clean up the inventory of, of the units that are tough to sell, then the builders are gonna like you and then they'll give you platinum access for the next project. Yeah. So the, are there still two agents on every deal? Is there a buy side and a sell side or is it, are you just kind of representing both the builder and the so buyer? So there is a buy and a sell. The, the There's only a handful of comp- companies that do the, the listing side, like the selling side. And, and I don't know what their splits are like. I'm sure it's not your typical two and a half, two percent. I'm sure it's much less because since they're listing like 300 units in a building and they're just promoting it, it's really the buyer's agents that are doing all the work which is my, my side. I'm, I'm on the buying side. Got it. So you're on the buyer side. There's listing agents for the property that the builder hires to put it out there. You're going and finding people, but the people that are reaching out to you uh, that are becoming your clients, you're representing them as buyers and you're saying, hey, let's go check out these uh, construction projects. But really you do that because you don't have to show them. You don't have to go check that. You don't have to go meet with them anywhere. You're able to email them over the stuff project's not built yet. So you're going to look at floor plans and renderings and things like that. They can look at it from their house instead of from an office they want to do. How are you finding those clients? How are you finding those bu- those buyer clients that want to go buy the new so books? At this point, like because the company I'm licensed with, REC Canada, you know, Jazz and Laura are our owner and our vice president. We've yep. been around for 19, almost 20 years now. We have an existing database of, of, of clients, people that know, like, and trust us. However, because I'm a solo agent as well, like apart from the stuff I do with Jazz and Laura, I have my own business. So there's two sides of the, the way I sell. There's with REC, Jazz and Laura, where we already have existing clients. There, what we do is we do a lot of events. We have an event coming up next week and uh, we're selling a pre-construction project just west of Toronto. There, we're gonna invite 13,000 people to come join us. And there, we're gonna, you know, let's say 200 people show up, 1% of them buy. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, or 10% of them buy, 20 deals are, are done under the belt. It's kind of our numbers. So that's, that's, that's that side with REC. With my own personal business, because I want to grow my own brand, not just REC and Jazz's, what I do is a lot, I do a lot of digital marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. It's funny because Jazz and Laura are actually not very bullish on that type of strategy, but I am because I'm a new realtor. I've been relatively new. I'm licensed for four years now. But because I don't have, like I'm in my 20s, because I don't have 20 years under my belt, I don't have people that know, like, and trust me as well. But as a new realtor, I got to get my own business. So I do a lot of Facebook ads, Google ads, events. I do a lot of events on meetup.com and Eventbrite. I get in front of people a lot. Like that, that's your main job as a realtor. Just get in front of as many people as possible. And I've been doing that every single way. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will 
trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow Boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, Call Action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow Boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used Line Desk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Boss gives you the most integrations that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly it's just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Fallout Boss. Purely objective, Fallout Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Fallout Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah. Cool. So these, as part of being a part of their bigger team, there's leads and a database that is somehow shared, right? So the are there a lot of people in that team that have no, access? No, I'm the that only database? one because we have a team of 60 agents, and I've proven to Jazz through 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 hard work and all the stuff everyone always says that's that I'm the most competent person to be handling his clients because they're his clients. Like the 13,000 are his. So they're clients that he built up over time. It's his personal database that he built. But now he's getting to the point where he's working on other parts in his business. So he said, okay, you go work the sphere. You work the database. You kind of you kind of uh, build it out for what you've got next. And then when you're doing the, just the ads for yourself, right? You're going and trying these social media ads. You're doing those meetups. I know a lot of people that are doing meetups and that becomes really, really popular. You know, they do first-time homebuyer meetups where they're teaching people how to buy a house. Or they do meetups where, where you're essentially like, hey, if you think about buying a house, come ask us questions. And it's like, come get a beer with us. People are going to ask questions about how to buy a house. And then they're naturally going to hire that agent when they hire an agent. That's when they find out that they're not actually paying a commission. You know, the seller yeah. does. Things like that. Um, other, also, people do meetups that are like investment style meetups that they're teaching people, oh, you want to be a real estate investor? Let me tell you about a meetup. And then, they, and, you know, and then when they want to buy their first house, they hire them. What style of meetup are you doing, especially if you're trying to target a buyer that wants to buy a, a, a new build, right? Like overall, like that's your goal is to do more new build construction. Um, 100%. You know, so our main focus, I, I, like, I, I answer that in a couple of ways because really my demographic, my niche, my niche are investors. I just so happen to push them and advise them to do pre-construction because it's easier. You don't have to get a mortgage right away. We can duck the interest rate hikes that we're seeing nowadays, things of that sort. And plus the returns are great, but we go wherever the money is. So if there's an, a duplex or a triplex in Niagara Falls that we think is a great opportunity, we're going to tell our investors, hey, you should look at this. Um, so our meetup styles are, are only with investors. We don't often do a lot of first-time home buyer stuff. Our primary focus 
are investors. And the reason being that I, I believe every realtor should consider being an investor savvy realtor is because they're repeat business. Like your clients are repeat business because I'll give you an example. Uh, the reason why I'm still wearing my jacket is because I just came from a, a listing appointment that I got because last year I had a client come in from a Google ad, him and his wife bought two condos with me, two pre-construction condos with me. I grossed about 50 to 55 K in commissions off this one client. And then afterwards, a few months later, which is today, she reached out to me and said, I want to exit two of my properties. I want to sell two of them so I can reinvest the money to buy two more. So I just got the listing on two properties. They're going to sell them. I'm going to get my commission. I'm going to take that money that they're, that they're, that they're going to take the money that they're making from this to buy another two. more. So we did two deals with them last year. They fell in love with my service. Now we're going to, we're in the process of doing two more listings plus two more buys with them. That's six transactions in over a year and a half. And, and that only happens because I work with investors. You can't rely on your, your mom and, and dad or your uncles and aunts to keep moving every single year. But the reason to, the, the way to get people to do multiple transactions with you is to turn them into investors or work with the existing investors and show them how to expand their portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love the idea of targeting investors. They do become uh, repeat clients more often. Like everyone's a repeat client. But in, but normal buyers aren't going to buy ten houses in a year. Right. But an investor might, or normal clients aren't going to buy and sell, you know, four or five in a year. But an investor will, and so that that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about your ad strategy. So like your Google ads, your Instagram ads, your Facebook ads. What's the tagline? What are the things that you're throwing out there to kind of bring these investors in? Because I'm sure I've got listeners all over the U.S. right now. They're like, cool, I want to run a Google ad to find an investor, or I'm going to run these Instagram and, and Facebook posts for that. What do you, what do you think is getting your highest ROI? So Facebook ads is a volume game. You're not going to have the best quality leads, but when they, when they do come in, like you're going to see a lot of bad numbers, you know, people that were just browsing. Google leads will have a higher cost per lead, so it's more expensive, but the quality is much better because people are searching with intent. For Google ads, my strategy is just to direct everybody to a landing page. So let's just say I have XYZ condos coming up in Toronto. I have a nice landing page that looks all pretty. My assistant creates it and it just talks about the project. But if they want first access, if they want the first access pricing details, the official floor plans, all of the exclusive incentives, if they want that stuff, they have to register their first name, last name, email address, and phone number to get access to everything. Once that, once they hit submit there on the Google landing page, it gets directed to my, my email or one of my team. And the first thing we have to do is we call them. The money is in the phone calls. I called my clients at least 11 to 12 times before I dropped the lead. If it's me or my colleague client, like we just, we hit them up with as many calls as possible until they tell us to F off. If they tell us that they're not interested, whatever. That's the Google side. It's landing pages, lots of phone calls. On the Facebook side, it's super simple. It's a picture ad that just promotes whatever we're selling. Nowadays, there's a lot of distressed sales. So we literally just put a picture ad that said in the middle, distressed properties for sale, that's it. And then we just had a quick uh, caption or, or excuse me, the copy was click learn more if, you, if you're interested in some distressed properties for sale, investment properties, whatever. That was it, it was like two sentences, a quick picture ad, that's it. it took me five seconds to make, a five-year-old can make it. And we, we published that and our cost is like four bucks a lead. So, there we have a lot of leads coming in, but the quality is not as good. But the moment someone's actually interested, it's an investor. All they care about is seeing proper numbers. If I can present that to them, then that, like that, that's how we do our deals. Like as long as we can present to them a good opportunity. 
that's our strategy really but most of the money like all the money is made in the phone calls yeah i like those as two really simple ads that people can apply especially right now because as the market's slowing you know just you know you want more information about distressed properties you know click here distressed properties for sale people getting in the loop so now now they're in and you get to start talking about them and, and that distressed property could mean just about anything people think about foreclosures but it could be like hey this person is needs to sell it quickly and they, it's not worth as much as it was five months ago right it doesn't have to be in foreclosure yet but there's a lot but people do love that as a tagline now when you're building out these these websites i think it's something that i, I think our listeners should hear here if i'm understanding you right so let's say there's a new condo project for sale you're not the listing agent on that but you're going to build out a website about that condo project that says like, Hey, here's a condo project. Here's the incentives I can get you. Here's the floor plans, things like that. So then when somebody is searching like new condo projects in Toronto, they're going to see your ad or go there, or maybe even they're searching for like the specific name of the condo project that you're a buyer's agent on. Am I understanding that right? So you'll build out web pages essentially for listings and projects where you're not the listing agent. The idea is you're going to be helping buyers. You're giving buyers the info. So then they have you be your agent. You just agent just sick through right? the entire business model from start to finish. That's it. Yeah. The, the, that it's, it's pretty brilliant because I remember right now there's a lot of new agents and new agents that can be part of teams that are trying to figure out, you know, how to go present things as, as, as if they're theirs or what do you do when you're not, when you're not a listing agent and what Luke's talking about here is Luke makes a lot of money and does a ton of volume and he's not a listing agent, but it's not, but, it, but he is also getting to present things in a way that buyers feel his exclusivity. He's able to use other people's listings to really show how valid he is as a way to offer value to them. So here's other ways that you guys can do that, right? Like that, it's as simple as like holding an open house for someone else on their listing, right? Like new agents reaching out to people that have listings and going, Hey, I see your house isn't, uh, it doesn't have an open house this weekend. Can I go hold an open house for you? Cool. Boom. You make a friend out of that agent. You get them some info. You've got a chance to go represent yourself. But then just do that. Like also then do a video or a YouTube page going, hey, I'm out here doing a, another open house at this beautiful property. And hey, here, here's this going on. The other thing you can do is you can go through your MLS. Like look at listings that are out there. Like look at properties that you think are really special. You don't have to be the listing agent to really try to like, put pictures on, on your Instagram and your Facebook, or maybe even run some ads. Like, Hey, I know this property is amazing. It's been on the market for 90 days. I can get you a great deal on it right now. Uh, come back to me. I really love the strategy of what you're doing up there because I think, it, I think it's creative and I think it's probably, well, I mean, I don't know if it's common up there. It's not common here uh, to be able to do that for new construction projects. that happens or for like apartment rentals. It's common for like, you know, property managers to have other people's apartments and stuff and like trying to advertise in college towns. Like, Oh, we're going to have a website. Here's what you need to know about all of these because they're going to go write those. But doing this for six and seven and $800,000 properties, I think is really, really great. Did you start working at this? Well, so like four years ago when you got into real estate, what was your first year like, you know, did you join their team right away? Like, just, just tell me why did you decide to get licensed? Like what was real estate? So I got licensed for a couple like? One, because I had a real estate marketing company already when I was like 17, 18 years old. So I kind of knew how to get leads, stuff like that. I started at a young age because it was a trend at the time. So I thought, why not get my license? Second reason why I got licensed is actually kind of out of necessity. My parents, so I immigrated into Canada when I was eight months old. So I'm 22 now. This was 22 years ago. My parents, ever since the day they landed here, 
they've been putting money into a registered fund that can only have gotten access if I went to school. But because I didn't want to go, go to school, and mind you, Aaron, my last year of high school, I was absent 122 times. I never went to school. I despised it. I said, I'm doing this entrepreneur stuff full time. And um, to them, it was a big shock. Like I've been saving all this thousands of dollars just so you can go to school. And, and, and now you're not going to school. I'm, there's no way for me to access this money. We found that getting my license, even though it wasn't an actual school, that allowed for them to get their money out that uh, registered fund. So to, to make everybody happy, I went, got my license. They got their, their, their money out, out, out of that registered fund. And I was like, you know, I'm in real estate anyway. I do this lead generation stuff anyway. Might as well just give this a shot. My first six months, I was with eXp Realty. I did zero deals. After that, I said, forget this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I reached out to Jazz Takar at REC Canada. At the time, he was number one in units sold or number one in commissions across all of Royal LePage Canada. So he was the biggest whale in the business. So I reached out to him. I said, your, your, your friend Mike referred that I, I, I recommended that I reach out to you, Jazz. I wanted to join your team. Jazz says, well, how long have you been in business for? I said, six months. He says, how old are you? I said, I just turned 19. He says, well, how many deals have you done? I said, zero. He says, well, unfortunately, we don't take any junior agents on. And I said, Jazz, you're making a big mistake. I think you should meet me. And like for six seconds, he was quiet. He was like, who, why did this kid just say this to me? Who is this guy? He was like, well, okay, come meet me. So I meet him first thing, 8 a.m. on a Monday, the, the week after. And he says, the moment I saw that you came in even early at 8 a.m. on a Monday, I said, I knew I was going to take you on the team. So yeah, first, my first year, I was his assistant. And then after that, I did my first deal. So it took me a year and a half to do my first deal. The, you know, listeners out there, I want you guys to hear that part because people can get, so it's the idea of like, he's going to be someone's assistant for a while in order to get the volume later. And I've seen a lot of people online lately, almost like complaining about this or down talking this because they're, they're like, Hey, I went and tried to help somebody and it didn't work out like that. Or I was someone's assistant and it didn't work out like that. But like, but what's more common is Luke's story of were you someone's assistant for 18 months? right? Like, did you actually decide to help someone else run their business for 18 months before having a chance at doing it yourself and for what's happening next? All of the stories out there where someone is like, Hey, I went to go work for somebody for like for low cost as their assistant so I could learn. And then I was able to go start mine. People love hearing the story. People like going and taking action in that, but usually it's very, very small. It's very, very small steps of action where they reach out, they go work from someone for a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple something. And then they decide like, you know, this isn't moving fast enough. I'm out of here. Or they were never going to teach me or things like that. But now we're talking to Luke. And so it takes him two years to where he gets to start doing it. I know when we started this call and Luke is saying like, hey, I'm making 30 grand a unit. And I did 98 units last year that a lot of you guys are going, wow, if I was four years into my business, that's a lot. You're doing the math. We're like, that's a lot of money. He's doing really, really well. He's doing really great for himself. And I think there's probably some things that people are thinking, but I, what I want you to hear again is for two years, he didn't make money. For 18 months, he didn't make money like this. He was learning and he was willing to learn. And it's almost like, if you can, I've been talking about this a lot lately, just in general in life is like foregoing the gratification, like the delayed gratification, like putting it off until later. If I can work harder, it's like buying a rental instead of flipping a house. If you flip a house, you make $10,000 today. But if you buy a rental, it's kind of lame. You're making like $100 a month. Um, but the, but a year from now, maybe you're making more, but 10 years from now, you've now made 
a hundred thousand dollars and it's paying for extra things. And so, you know, that delayed gratification in real estate really pays off. You know, what's one thing you wish you would have known when you I'm glad you asked that question after I heard what you said, Aaron, because you said that it took me um, 18 months to, to do a deal, right? To get paid. Here's, here's the funny part because it's new construction for pre-construction because the projects take about three to four years to close. That means you're not going to get paid everything up front. So yeah, I make 30 grand a unit, but what the builders do, they divide that 30 grand to normally three installments, like 10, like, like 10 grand in 10 months, 10 grand in a year and a half, 10 grand at closing. So even though it took me a year and a half to do my first sale, it wasn't another 10 to 12 months. I was going to see a first dollar hit my account. So really, I didn't get paid for more than two years, closer to three. Yeah. And the nice thing about pre-construction is because it's spread out that way, I know I have a couple hundred thousand coming this year. I have a couple of hundred thousand coming next year. And da 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 You know what I mean? Like that's what's nice about pre-construction. I can, I can stop working now at the age of 22 and I know I'm going to be getting some payments until 2028, 2029. Um, and then after that, I'm going to have to pick up the funds again and start working. But that's the nice thing about pre-construction. But I wish I knew yeah. sooner that that was the case. I thought like I would make 30 grand a unit and get paid. I, I was I was laughing when I did my first sale. And then I saw the commission agreement. I'm like, I'm not getting anything for, for almost a year. Like, like, I wish I knew that sooner. That's why I said at the start of this conversation, new agents, new resale, get deals under your belt now, get paid now. And then for agents that are experienced, that do 30, 40, 50 deals a year, to scale your business to the 100 to 150 deals a year mark, Pre-construction is the way to go because you can knock off 10 deals in a weekend. I've done it. I've done 20 deals in a weekend before. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun business strategy. So what about like people that you got, you know, in a contract in pre-construction two years ago and now the projects are finishing? Is anyone not buying the deal because of rates or because they're worried about pricing corrections or has it, has the, the market still just boomed yeah, so I'm glad much you asked that everybody's that closing When I just on. got started, I was very naive, obviously. I didn't really know much. I've never been through a recession. I've never really saw or felt what it was like to go through interest rate hikes, stuff like that. I'm glad that it actually worked out in my favor that none of my clients are actually feeling the pinch. We're finding now the people that are feeling the pinch are people that bought low rise homes, like these $2 million detached homes back in 2019, you know, they overpaid and now their appraisals are coming in at 1.5. So now they're 500 grand, like the price they paid is 500 grand more than what the appraisal is coming in at. Because we deal with condos, they're not as volatile because yeah. someone always needs a place to live and, and not everyone can afford a $2 million home. So condos are, have always been like, like trading very well, never appreciated too crazy and never depreciated too crazy. So I'm glad that I didn't even know this. I think it's just God looking after me that didn't sell my clients $2 million homes because those are the guys feeling the pinch now. Yeah. So the, so I think part of that is you're saying, so even though the prices are $600,000 and there's going to be people, you know, where I grew up in Southern Oregon or listen to this and the average price of a house is 200 or 300,000. You're saying the $600,000 condo is still much lower than like the single family properties that are out yeah. there in the area. Like average price is a lot, a lot more expensive, a lot more, you know, so, so this is, this is like the, this is like the entry market, entry level market. Uh, 100%. So I'll give you an example. I had an agent. She didn't buy with me, but just yesterday she was telling me a story. She bought a detached home in Barrie, which is about 45 minutes north of Toronto for 900 grand back in 2021. At the peak, when she could have sold it, she could have sold it for 1.3. So she could have made 400 grand over the span of a year and a half. 
But now, because she couldn't, she didn't sell it at the peak, it's worth close to the 900K she paid for it. So it just went like this. It went, it shot up 400 grand, then went back down 400 grand. That's the type of stuff those investors buy. You can make a lot of money in it with, with that stuff. Great. With the stuff we sell, condos, let's just say you buy something today for 500 grand. It might not shoot up to 900 grand, but it's also not going to drop back to 500. It's going to give you your conservative 50 to 80K a year. You know what I mean? And on average, most of our investors, from the time they purchase it to the time they close on it, they make anywhere from 100 to 150 grand over a four-year timeline. Like that's normally the average. Sometimes it's been more, sometimes it's been less, but that's like the average. And um, because it's, it's a safer investments, a lot of my, my clients are safe. Like even though interest rates are high, they're safe because let's say back in 2019, 2020, they bought a condo for, for 500 grand. If they were to get it appraised today, they're still in the positives. Yeah. So the, you know, Canada in Vancouver in particular, I remember you know, reading about and hearing about some exclusions for like investment owned properties from people that like weren't Canadians or didn't live there. Has that, has that come to any fruition? Is there anything like that in Toronto? Like, so, cause you're selling condos to investors. Are people, are, are US based people going up to Toronto and investing up there? It's like, what, what are the limitations? Are people travel, are the people investing from other countries? Yeah. So as of January 1st, um, 2023, temporary ban on foreign buyers so if you're not a canadian citizen then you can't invest it's like the government's way of trying to cool down the market if you will but really that hasn't been right make it more affordable yeah for but i mean it, it hasn't it, really right? worked i mean prices are so high prices haven't dropped significantly or anything like that by any means really the main issue is supply so can you not buy a house at all can you not buy a house at all if you're not a canadian person or you just can't buy like more they, than one i think How are like, they there's workarounds on it like you can put somebody that's a canadian citizen on title and then you and that citizen can have a jv agreement in the back end saying that you own 95 percent of it but you're going to get five percent to the canadian citizen just because their name's on title like there's workarounds yeah if how interesting it'll be i just remember you know last year they were talking about it a lot and i didn't know if it was just vancouver it's the country now. Be, you know toronto as well so the so right now, what do you feel like? Uh, so kind of like this last couple of questions, like this, this has been really great and fun. I love your energy. I love what you're able to kind of show. Like, I, I mean, I get complaints so many times of, of like new agents going, I don't have a listing yet. I don't have a lead yet. And I, and I just love the twist of being able to market other people's properties. And you're not marketing them as your own, but you're marketing other people's properties in a way that you're providing value where somebody's going to use you to go buy those. It's right. great. You don't have to have a listing to get the listing. Essentially, it's like you have a bunch of listings, but you're not the listing agent and you probably get paid more than you would if you were the listing agent because you're having to work harder for it, uh, but you're following that kind of builder model. So I really, really like that. What are your predictions over the next year for like the volatile sort of real estate market? And is your company as a whole focusing really heavy on condos? Is that just your business plan? Uh, kind of what predictions yeah, we only focus on these investment properties like the two listings we have coming up like one is a mixed use it's a like commercial and residential we have another one it's a non-conforming duplex with the potential to legalize it so we work with just investment properties we find that condos are just the most safe investment so that's why we do them in volume just so no one can come back to me and say look you screwed me on this deal because no one's ever done that so i don't plan on starting with anyone new um my forecast for this year it's going to be tough like, every, like I said it earlier, 
the money is in the phone calls. Yeah, I generate leads. Yeah, I have a couple thousand people in my database. It doesn't mean anything if I don't talk to them. Like, this is my full-time job, just like this. And you asked me off camera, Aaron, like, like why I do this, like podcasts. It's because I want people to know me. That's that's me like this, but at a mass scale. So I can educate people. They can like me better. But 2023 is going to be tough. We all felt it in the latter half of 2022. Everybody had their hands in their pockets. Sales dropped here in Toronto 49% in the GTA. So that means everyone took a pay cut. But guess what? Like the same work needs to get done. And the people that are still killing it in this game are the people that doubled down. So because if it took 10 phone calls, for example, to do a deal in the peak, in the hot market, it's going to take 20 phone calls to do one deal in today's market. So my question is, how can I do hundreds of these phone calls? How can I meet hundreds of new people on a daily, weekly basis? That's, that's, what, that's what we're seeing now. Like we got to get out there more and more. Yeah. Phone calls is where it's at. Phone calls is where it's at. Well, Luke, this has been fun, man. I think you, I think you've learned a lot up there, especially the uh, the delayed gratification is probably one of the biggest lessons that people can take. So I think you're doing really well for yourself now. It took a lot of hard work and like saying yes when doors were getting closed, and um, you know, and kind of working your way in, and then that delayed gratification on the even the, the new build pre construction stuff, knowing it's not going to pay till later. Uh, but the but if you do a lot of it now, there's there's pros and cons inside that. So there's going to be some people that listen to this the, in the U.S. and Canada that are going to be wanting to ask you about buying some condos. They're going to reach out to you and ask you, you know, maybe for advice on something else. What is I'm the best way that people can come find you and have a conversation? at Luke Leasing, L-U-C-L-I-S-I-N-G. And yeah, reach out to me. I was telling Aaron off camera, like I don't sell anything. I don't have a course or training program. What got me started in this business was my network, was my relationship with Jazz and the rest of the team. He, he took me under his wing and, and gave me my start. So this is really just me paying it forward. If you need help, if you have questions, if you want to connect with other like-minded salespeople, business owners, entrepreneurs, hit me up. I'm, a, I'm an open book. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Guys, I'm, real estate rock stars, I'm going to go connect with Luke on Instagram right after this. You know, that's my favorite place uh, to hear from you guys and, and talk to you guys. Aaron, thank you so Dude, much Luke, for having me. thanks so much for coming on the show. Real estate rock stars, thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you like, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, 
go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.